The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of Diamond Cutter, the three-time world champion professional wrestler, WWE Hall of Famer, and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you monkeys, well, you're listening to Geek Vibes Nation. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Bang! And now your host of Wrestling Kick Alliance. Thank you, thank you. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? And of course, the wonderful Geek Vibes of Nation, if you will. This is your uh, your, your your pal Dane doing a episode of Wrestling Geek Alliance solo. Not like Hanzo, the prequel movie. Or whatnot, so don't get all pissy and shit like that. I don't want to talk about that fucking movie. Tonight, we are here to talk about wrestling. And uh, I have to say, it's, it's kind of weird going about doing a show solo. Um, it, it, it's not something I'm used to at all. So, um, your uh, brother Christopher A. Patton, he wasn't feeling too well tonight. So, you know, he told me about it. And I was like, dude, I hope you feel better. And I think I told him to take drink some ginger ale and mix it with orange juice. Whatever you got to do. Apparently, you got to drink fluids and stuff. But he should be fine next week. He just wasn't feeling well. And uh, I wanted to talk about some wrestling, even if it's just by myself, because uh, I do that anyways. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, we didn't have too much news. So this is probably going to be a shorter episode than normal. But, you know, we'll go through Raw. We'll go through SmackDown. We'll talk about a couple other things. Maybe I'll uh, talk a little bit of video games. Maybe I'll talk about. I don't know, some comparisons in wrestling or, or, or just whatever. Just, you know, whatever tickles, you know, everyone's fancy. I, I, that the statement is really weird and outdated, but still. Tickles your fancy and tickles me together. We'll have a fancy feast. All right, I'm done. Anyways, I think we should probably start off with the big news of uh, what happened last week on NXT. Now, reminder from last week's episode, hopefully you guys didn't stay around when I told you to go a couple minutes forward, and I said I was about to spoil NXT, but then again, I was the same person that looked it up on a website that gave me the option to find out, and uh, I think I either spoiled it for Chris, or he did the same. I can't really remember a call right now, but uh, one or the other, I probably spoiled it for him, 
either either way, um, we talked about it last week. I kind of wanted to just go into it after watching the match now twice. But uh, Tommaso Ciampa went against Aleister Black, who you guys know I have been marking over for, I don't know, months. I mean, it's just it, it's ridiculous at this point. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Aleister Black, big fan of Adam Cole. I'm a big fan of Velveteen Dream. There's certain guys that just stand out to me from NXT's roster. And NXT is actually my favorite show and product. Um, I, it, it's like that and New Japan kind of like go neck and neck, but NXT is able to take storylines and kind of like have it in there, but not like do it like WWE does it, where it's over the top. While I love New Japan, and they do incorporate storylines, it, it, it's much more, and it's one of the things I love about it, much more sports-driven, much more putting in a direction of like a UFC type of concept. And yeah, you have the Bullet Club and everything that's going on with the, uh, well, I would say the Gorillas of Destiny, but it's actually the firing squad over in New Japan, but that's for a different conversation for a different day. Right now, we're talking about Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa beat Aleister Black for the NXT World title. Now, I know a lot of people didn't see that coming. I mean, it was two weeks prior when he made the proposition and, uh, you know, asked Aleister Black for a shot at the title. And a lot of times you get some heel, even with, even someone with the amount of heat that Tommaso Ciampa has. I mean, you got to think about this. The gentleman has more heat in which he just has boobs from people, just a crap ton of boobs, as he doesn't have anything. It's awesome. Um, he's just very impressive. I told Chris, that he looked, it was a really outdated reference, but, you know, last week I said that he looked like one of those evil owls from the movie Rockadoodle. I think it was made in 92, the animated movie. Um, perched up on the corner, standing there with his belt, just hunched over all evil and shit like Gollum. But uh, he, he was, uh, he was um, pretty impressive looking. He definitely was. He, was, he, he seemed like he, he knew his purpose, if you will. He had more drive to him. And you know who's more fucked up from it, more so than even Aleister Black? Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano is the one that you have to look for with the story development. Where is this going to go? You know, where is this going to go? Are we going to get a three-way match right before SummerSlam? I mean, we're going to find out a lot of information tonight. But, either way, you have Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, he's now the champion. It was an incredible match, and I'm hoping that you saw it, but if you don't, the rundown at the end of it is uh, the ref got bumped, I believe. I watched the match twice, and now I'm kind of second guessing myself. Either way, Johnny got involved. He was going to go hit Tommaso with the uh, belt. Tommaso Ciampa knocked him backwards, smacking Aleister Black in the face, and then he proceeded to get his, his move. The, uh, that, the new move that he's doing, it's like a high-angle pedigree. It's very weird. I think that's how he finished it. You know, I could be wrong. My memory's bad. And uh, like I said, I watched it, but it was last week at this time. And then the next day, I was very excited. It was an awesome match. That and um, probably, uh, who was it? It was Hiroki Goto versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii, New Japan, incredible G1 match. If you guys haven't watched every match, you don't really have to watch every match. Not all of them 
are amazing. They have breakdowns of the website, uh, on websites, I should say, uh, of uh, the best matches. And, you know, usually there's about two great matches in four or five matches, I would say. I think that's the run match, actually. But there's two that really stand out. And this probably stand, stood out as one of the top ones just in general. But this is not about that. Let's get back to the Ciampa one. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go back to that. You know, I'll just put a little mental note. Go back to Goto versus Ishii. If not the Ciampa, he's now champion. So what does that mean as far as what's going to go on? Uh, the scenarios that play in my head is there's basically a couple options. You could either have the, the, the concept itself of, you know, Tommaso Ciampa, Salser Black in a rematch. That's definitely possible. Now, Johnny could cause him to lose the match. Um, that's also possible. Not really sure if they're going to go down that route. Uh, then you have the route where he beats Alistair Black, and he's now supreme winner of the belt. Maybe Johnny gets involved again. I don't think he's going to cost Alistair Black this time the match at TakeOver or SummerSlam. He's not going to cost him the match again. They're not going to give Alistair Black that outing. If he's going to go out, he's probably going to go out on bottom. And I would assume that there is a chance that they're pulling Aleister Black up. Do I think it's too early? Yes. Um, seeing situations like seeing Bobby Roode and everything that happens with him, um, you know, the fact that he was in a locker room with all, literally all the jobbers in WWE this past SmackDown, or was it Raw? I think it was on Raw because most of the crap is on Raw. I, sorry, if you're a big Raw fan, it's true. It really is. Um, let me just take a little sippy of my uh, drink skis. It's an energy drink called Shockwave. Uh, it's, it's crap. Either way, so also could beat Aleister Black, and if that happens, regardless if Aleister Black stays or not, um, you know, stays after losing, and then they put him back in it afterwards, does this ultimately mean that Johnny Gargano is going to end up with the belt? Like, are we going to get a situation where Johnny Gargano could end up champion. That is the whole redeeming concept. Um, I've, I've, I've talked at length about the comparisons with Eddie Edwards and his whole thing with Sammy Callahan and that storyline of it going from Sammy Callahan to Tommy Dreamer. And now there's like this, uh, it seems to be over, but it was kind of a lackluster ending, even though I love Slammiversary and I really enjoyed this feud. But just the, you know, uh, Tommy Dreamer giving him passing the torch, you will, by handing him the kendo stick. This seems like it has a lot more potential. It might have been very similar at the beginning with the few, but Ciampa and, Jar- and Johnny Gargano, I think, is going to end up being something extremely special. And the, the, the cynical, just evil side of me kind of wants the master Ciampa to beat Johnny Gargano again. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I do also want Johnny to have the belt. Are you kidding me? And I also want to see Alistair Black take off in a direction that's good for him. You know, I want to see what can come of that. Um, but it, 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 it's very interesting. It, it definitely is. The whole situation of thinking about what is going to happen, future of NXT, with Tommaso Ciampa being the champion. I mean, you have literally... As far as professional wrestling fans in the professional wrestling world, 
arguably the biggest heel with the most literal heat. And if you don't know the term heat, I, I kind of expect you to if you're one of my listeners, but, you know, just actual hatred from the fans. He's able to build it just by looks, just by looking sinister, just by growing out his beard. Now, you know, even just getting more muscular, just bigger. He's definitely put on a lot of weight, like in a good way. I mean, he's, he's definitely filled out. He's, he's chiseled. I posted a picture on the Facebook page, him and Triple H. Triple H is all smiles and his arm around him. And I, and I put like, you know, thanks, Dad, for the title. And it was a joke, obviously. But if you look at them, they this is my son, Jim Asher Chapter. He's from Sicily. He's a great guy. You know, he's uh, the uh, other game. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, just saying. There's a lot of, like, weird smears like that. Uh, either way. Um, also, before I move on from Tomasa Champa, because I'm going to wrap that up a little bit, but I just thought about something I definitely wanted to make mention. Uh, we had some tragic losses that happened, I believe, Sunday in the wrestling world. Uh, and I'm um, not too familiar with him, but a great wrestler from back in the uh, territory system. Uh, we had Nikolai Volkov, who was a part of the first Saturday Night Main event. I believe, uh, where did Pete go again? I, I just heard the story the other day. But he went against Hulk Hogan, I believe, on the second episode for the title. Uh, very much your, your, your gimmick of, like, the, the dastardly Russian uh, character that's trying to destroy America. And, you know, he was great at it and uh, had a great run. Uh, but he unfortunately passed. And then I, I think the saddest one would definitely be uh, Ron Christopher Lawler. Uh, A.K.A. Grandmaster Sexay, if you were an Attitude Era kid like me, uh, part of the tag team Too Cool, it's Guy Duhati and Rikishi, and uh, his dad was the amazing Jerry the King Lawler. So I uh, just wanted to pay my respects to those three gentlemen, and it's uh, sad and unfortunate news to hear about their passings. So I'll just give a moment of silence real quick, and we'll move on. All right, I appreciate that. Let's continue. Yeah, but Tommaso Ciampa, if you think about it, has legitimate heat in the wrestling world, more so than Sandy Callahan, more so than The Miz, more so than that, well, I mean, Cody's kind of flipped at this point. I, I feel, this is something I want to talk about with the all-in show, but I feel the way that they're positioning Cody with Nick Aldis, now that they're coming to this conclusion that even if Cody doesn't have the title, uh, Nick will still put the NWA title on the line, but once Cody gets the ROH title, if he beats them, he has to immediately put it on the line against Nick. I don't know, something like that. But it seems like this is all just turning Cody into a babyface who's going to win the title, and we're going to see a second-generation Rhodes with the NWA title, and I think it's going to be glorious, something to celebrate. So he had an amazing run as a heel. I just feel like it could have been longer, but I, I kind of get it. Um, Tommaso Ciampa would not turn babyface but, uh, yeah, just uh, really, really cool stuff uh, with Ciampa being the champion. I know a lot of people are pissed off, but they just usually – a lot of them are marks. They're kind of limited. And if you go into WWE comment section on Facebook, you'll just laugh or do what I do and, you know, decide to chime in, which is, is probably stupid. Chris tells me all the time I shouldn't do that. But what are you going to do? Uh, people just make me laugh. And then they, they cry at the same time. It's amazing how that can happen. But either way, 
thrash jumper is an extra. I just still can't believe that. It, 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 it's crazy to me that they went that direction and did it so quick. So I think that whatever they have planned at SummerSlam is going to be awesome. Going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's move on to our next little thing to talk about. Since I was already going into it beforehand, All In. All In is getting pretty awesome with their matches. Let me just put it that way. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the lineup, and uh, we'll, we'll start with the one I was just talking about, Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes with the NWE, NWA World Heavyweight Champion. That match is going to be awesome, I think, at least. And I think inevitably Cody's going to not only turn babyface for this next run, but that's what they position him as. Instead of him turning on Kenny after his match with Kenny for the title, after, you know, for the G1 uh, San Francisco special, um, instead of him turning on him with Firing Squad, he's going to be turning babyface, kind of. Well, I mean, that's the direction of the whole Bullet Club, which is weird. Um, and he will be, you know, the second-generation uh, NWA champion. That's the, it's a very awesome concept. I know that the NWA title has diminished in value a great deal. But the way that they position this with Billy uh, Corgan, yes, from the Smashing Pumpkins, if you didn't know that, purchasing the NWA, getting this whole thing going on YouTube, which is a very smart way of doing it, um, having Tim Storm, an old veteran, pass the title to Nick Aldis, who is a pretty damn good, not tweener, more heelish, but he can, he, he can kind of go both ways if you wanted to. Ah, don't think anything dirty from that, guys. Come on. Don't have the mind of little kids. Um, but, yeah, you have him and Cody Rhodes for the NWA World Championship match. I am assuming that Cody's going to win this. And uh, I don't know why they didn't get the Ring of Honor title. A title for title match would have been interesting, and you could have dropped Jay Lethal very short soon after that. But for whatever reason, Jay Lethal won the title that night for that four-way between him and uh, Cody. And that's, that's, that's what they did. So I think he's going to get the NWA champion. Uh, he definitely deserves it, I think. And then we have Kazuchika Okada. Versus Marty Skrull, single match. Whew. Wow. Two of my favorites. Uh, Kata, who, with his balloons, seems to be going pretty babyface nowadays, against Marty Skrull. And uh, Marty's one of my favorite heels. Uh, at least, you know, he's not really a heel, per se. Cause he's so over that people like him. But he definitely comes off... Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he does he does heelish stuff, and uh, should be an awesome match. I like them both in the ring a lot. Um, I'm assuming Okada's got to win that one. But we have uh, Joey Janela with Penelope Ford versus Hangman Page. Don't know much about Joey Janela. I'll check him out. I have been on a really big kick with Hangman Page. You know, just just talking about him with the G1. Um, I thought that he was going to be a little have more of a presence. He's doing great. It just it's just weird, and if I if I just kind of talk about the G one for a little bit, I I'm only on day seven, so I apologize, guys. We'll try to get all of it figured out for the next show, but there's a lot of stuff. It's, I think it's on day thirteen, 
almost doubled from where I was. That's what happens. That's why you need to find these lists and just go over like all the individual matches and find find the right match for you. But yeah, um, I think that out of all of it, though, Kota Ibushi, uh, Ishii, holy crap! Um, there's probably two more people. Kenny Omega, of course, but he always is on a different level. Um, Switchblade J White definitely has been showing some amazing work. Those guys, I think, are some of the top guys. Sonata, incredible. So, yeah, if, they, if they're if they a part of the matches, they're probably going to be great. Suzuki's still doing amazing. Evil's still doing amazing. You know, Okada's still putting in amazing work. Uh, G1 is very, very special for, for that. Either way, Okada's going to win this match against Marty Skrull. And, uh, hey, man, yeah, we're going to have a lot of Bullet Club winning. Maybe that they won't do that. Maybe Cody will win. And Marty will lose. Okay, I, yeah, yeah, never mind. They can do that. So then Hangman would win. Now this next one, I don't know what's going to go on, but it's Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and a luchador I, I'm not really that familiar with called Bandito or Bambadito. Oh, Bandito. Bandito with a D. Huh. Um, versus the Golden Elite, the Jackson Brothers, Matt and Nick Jackson, Young Bucks with Kota Bushi. Um, that should be an awesome match. Now, there's rumors based on this. And these are all the matches they have. The rumor is that originally they were going to have uh, Ray, his brother, Pentagon, and Phoenix go against Golden Elite. But now, they thought about it maybe. I mean, this is all just rumor and innuendo, as Bruce Pritchard would say. I don't know. But now, what people are speculating or out there on the Internet, Pentagon Jr., Versus Kenny Omega. Got to get a belt on Pentagon. I mean, I think he still has the Lucha Underground belt. I haven't seen the last two episodes. I mean, that's a, that's a very popular show. And I've already talked about this, how many titles will be there. Some on the line, obviously, at the NWA Championship. But, you know, with Kenny being there, the IWGP World Heavyweight title. Possibly the Ring of Honor title. You know, Jay Lethal's supposed to be performing there as well. I don't know, if, because the allegation if there's any problems at all within what, what's going on with him in Ring of Honor. But I'm going to assume, if I haven't heard anything, you know, Jay Lethal's going to be there. So you get the ROH title. I mean, you've got a lot of titles from the biggest promotions outside of the WWE. Um, and if Pentagon were to get the Impact Championship that match, match, what, what am I talking about? Belt back from Austin Aries, there's another one. I would love to see Austin Aries a part of this. I think that he is such a per- person to put it's not like this is like the fuck you WWE camp, but it's kind of like that at the same time. It's like every indie guy that you would want to possibly be in the WWE with Cody Rhodes, Dusty Sun, you know, the American Nightmare, Kenny Omega, the hottest name in wrestling outside the WWE, uh, the Young Bucks, the hottest tag team in the WWE. So I, there, there's a lot of, like, cool concepts. Every big title, Pentagon's another... Indian mark name that WWE just you know they don't have they don't have on their roster uh, you know with them getting Matt Riddle and that's not from you know them getting Ricochet and Keith Lee <sighs> if it wasn't for the fact that we ended up seeing um, Jeff Cobb over I, I believe he signed with New Japan um, I could be wrong I thought the Goto match with him was something that was going to more. There were rumors he was going to WWE as well. So you have, like, 
the cornerstone main four guys, like I just said, all possibly on their way to WWE, with maybe the exception of, like I said, Jeff Cobb, of Evolve and, and, and PWG. Very crazy. But then again, obviously, WWE working with Evolve. I don't know if they have a relationship with PWG, but either way, all in. That they sold out in three minutes. The fact that it's going to have so much talent from all the major independent and also non-WWE giant promotions like New Japan, all involved in it. I mean, that's so great. Like I said, I think my two guys, my two dream guys to be involved in it in some way uh, would be John Morrison and Osprey. Seeing those guys as part of some style match would be a lot, a lot of fun. Like I said, it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the fact that we're going to get that and also with the Chris Jericho crews, you know, I don't know if he's going to do it all into it. And they're finally, you know, they announced recently that they are going to record it. I don't know if it's going to be live streamed, recorded for a later thing, you know, some type of DVD you can buy. Do they do DVDs anymore? I don't really know. Maybe it'll be digital streams that you can purchase. Maybe they'll put it on the Ring of Honor page. Maybe they'll put it on all of them. It'll be on New Japan's, you know, um, streaming service. It'll be on Ring of Honors. It'll be on all of them. They have no idea, really. But, uh, yeah, it's just potentially the WrestleMania for the non-WWE wrestling promotion. And with what I saw with World of Sport, which I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I saw, I, I listened to, uh, you know, the Wrestling Observer, and I listened to Dave Metzler talk about it with Brian Alvarez. And I get why they were critical on it, because there were some problems, especially my biggest thing, you know, the camera spots. It's just, you've got to be able to get the action and not take away from it with how you're presenting it. And, and sometimes that, that, that's even a, a critique I give New Japan, especially for when they weren't in control of the production for their American show, apparently. That's, that's at least what I hear. Um, but either way, I thought it was actually a pretty cool show. You know, I had a Will Ospreay uh, versus uh, the British Bulldog Jr., the Boy Smith Jr., and uh, he won with a power slam off the top ropes. It's a great match, a lot of fun. It started off with uh, Gato, who's a champion. Uh, Gato reminds me of um, Big Daddy, which I don't know a lot about him, but he's a huge world of sport guy from Britain from yesteryear, if you will. He was kind of like the British equivalent. The other guy that, that Gator reminds me of, and that's, uh, uh, which book? The American Dream, baby, Death the Row. So the combination in him, you can see both guys kind of embody his personality. He's kind of known for just doing who's, he has like certain moves he does, but then he'll do a Stone Cold Stunner or Rock Bottom or an F5, or I think last night he had RKO, stuff of, stuff of that nature. Title previously, I don't know how, but he presented it. They had, um, uh, what's his name, Wade Barrett. I forgot, I apologize to the wrestler, what he's going by now, but he was the authority figure, so he was the one that was doing, um, doing the commentary, actually. And the commentary wasn't bad, it was actually pretty good. I thought the show was pretty good. I thought it had a lot of potential. Um, they didn't have a crap ton of viewers, but I want to see more forms of wrestling. And I like what we have now. I like that also WWE is building their own properties outside of there. You know, they have NXT UK. They have everything they have available 
it just makes a lot of sense. So we get a lot of different forms of wrestling, some of them made by the biggest company, but it's Triple H's product, you know, kind of like going out there and starting up different territories all over the world. And then you have all over the world uh, doing their own thing. Um, and you have New Japan with their product. And now World of Sport with their product. Progress kind of works WWE. They're probably going to be more involved with that, just like ICW over in um, England and uh, Ireland. Yeah, I think the other one's Ireland. Big. Um, but you have all these great places of wrestlers. And everyone's kind of like, you, you know, even WWE's getting on the action. Everyone's trading each other out working with other promotions. I think we'll see more of this in the future. And it's a really good thing. That's why All In kicks ass. That's why Impact versus Ring of Honor on the Jericho Cruise kicks ass. Uh, we just found out that LAX will be going against the Young Bucks. That is an amazing match. I want to see that. I'm not rich, though, so I'm not going to get going on that cruise. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But still, that is awesome. And then, the obviously, um, just Chris Jericho with the Young Bucks going against Marty Skrull, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Alpha Club versus Omega Club. What a what a great what a, what a great time to be a wrestling fan. And maybe they will, like I said, find some way to televise that. You know, I don't know. It's crazy. It's just everything. As much as I love the WWF, the WWE, the WWF, if you will, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. That's what the other F is for. Why they needed that, Vince didn't know, and that's why he took it out. Um, but yeah, I think that we should probably start going over a little bit of uh, SmackDown and Raw. We actually have some pretty cool things happen on there. Uh, more so with SmackDown, I would say, than with Raw. But, you know, whatever. Maybe that's just my opinion. I will say that this week's theme, if you were to do Coachman's Word of the Day or whatever, sorry for making that reference. I know it's very painful. Um, but I would say that it was a concept more so than any, because there was a lot of character development in which what happened on Raw and SmackDown. Ah, sorry, I'm a, little, I'm a bit parched. Anyways, so we had Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman basically start off with a back-to-back, you know, debate about basically Brock Lesnar and his devotion for the company. And as we'll see, um, Brock doesn't really care about the company. So everything that everyone thinks is true, and he doesn't give a shit. Uh, We'll see segments the whole entire night of Paul Heyman hanging out with Brock Lesnar and uh, trying to get him to come out, trying to get him to to do things. And at one point, Kurt tells, um, you know, Paul that he's contracted by WWE. So if he doesn't present... Uh, Brock Lesnar, which doesn't really make sense, by the way. I don't know how the hell that, – that, that, that seems ridiculous that you could be working for a wrestler and the organization that he works for. It seems like conflict of interest, but whatever. Let's just humor that a little bit. Uh, Brock Lesnar, you know, if he doesn't produce Brock Lesnar in the ring, fired, but not by Vince, by Kurt, whatever. Uh, Kurt barely has like three things he's allowed to do, but he can fucking fire people like it's no tomorrow. Bailey, Sasha, you guys don't get along. I'm going to give one of you away to SmackDown, even though you're two of the greatest female wrestlers in the company right now. Makes complete sense. Look, Marks, I'm not talking about Kurt Angle. I'm actually talking about the writing. I love Kurt Angle. 
Calm down. Simmer, simmer, simmer down. Simmer down. Sorry. Anyway. But, yeah, so these, these repeating videos of Brock reading magazines, not on his cell phone, but reading, like, home decor and, like, outdoorsy stuff. I don't know what the fuck he was reading, honestly. He was reading magazines. He basically told friends at one point. It, was, it, it, it got gruesome, and it showed that he doesn't give a shit. He even admits that he doesn't watch the product. Now, you know, that's not necessarily what really happens, but they're trying to paint Brock Lesnar, and I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen, Brock Lesnar to be this heel, this evil, evil bad guy that gets Roman, you know, just get over finally. And tonight in Miami, Roman got some cheers, and that's a good thing. You know, at first they were booing him. But one thing that realized is what WWE looks at is that no matter what, if it's cheers, booze at the same time, even if it's majority booze, he gets the loudest reaction, or one of the loudest re- reactions out of all the wrestlers. That's why they keep on going with this. Now, do I understand after it's proven time and time again? No, I don't. And that's why we're going to get it at SummerSlam. And hopefully, since Rumble was somewhat over with the crowd, and they were cheering for him at the end of the night, even though he got sent home by Kurt after Brock came out and viciously attacked Kurt Angle, told Baron Corbin to fuck off after he got knocked in the face by Roman earlier when they kicked him out. Um, and then also just choked his former advocate, Mr. Paul Heyman, down to the ground. Yeah, um, Brock Lesnar is the heel, and the people were saying, uh, or cheering for Roman. They were cheering his name. They wanted him to come to the ring, be the baby face, save everyone. It didn't happen. I really would hope that this would you know, kind of future set up Brock with possibly Kurt Angle. But we all know that Brock's trying to get the hell out of there. Even if he has the belt, regardless of if he has the belt or not, he is going to be training soon for USC, and he won't be in the WWE. So I would assume that we're not going to see him take the belt past SummerSlam. But now, at this point, I'm not going to fucking try to vote against anything because anything could happen at this point. You know, I mean, it really could. Brock can win the title, not do a damn thing, get another contract, show up a couple times, maybe not even wrestle a match. Instead of seeing him with the potential to go against people like Kurt Angle and, and Bobby Lashley and Finn Balor and, and Daniel Bryan, you know? I mean, all you have to do is have him have the belt at, at Royal Rumble. Was that where they had it? Oh, no, maybe it was Survivor Series. That's what they did that. You know, him at, at, at uh, Survivor Series, and you have Daniel Bryan, as the champion over on SmackDown. And then you get that great match. I mean, we could have great matches potentially. He's more invested in beating Daniel Cormier, which, hey, man, good old legacy. This is a guy that's had the UFC heavyweight belt, now potentially, I think, three times or two times. I can't remember. But he's also had the IWGP heavyweight belt over in New Japan. And every incarnation of the biggest belt they fucking possibly have in the WWE, whether it be the World Heavyweight Championship, WWE Heavyweight Championship, you know, the universal belt that was just made for him, apparently. When the best, like, I love Kevin Owens, but one of the best reigns on that belt so far is fucking Goldberg. That kind of pisses me off. Oh, well, what are you going to do? What the fuck are they doing with Finn Balor? How the hell is he going to job out to Baron Corbin? Like, the match wasn't bad, and I like Baron Corbin, but... I know he just beat him on the pay-per-view, but what are we doing with this? 
I mean, I feel like Finn has something that just most wrestlers do not have. He has a uniqueness that, you know, even more so than Ray, because Ray, it was still visible that he was much shorter than everyone. Finn's personality and his amazing physique makes him larger than life. It makes him larger than the size that he is. So it just seems kind of silly they don't have him in some type of title game. I'd rather him be juggling the IC title with Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins than in limbo. Now, he's not at the Bobby Lashley level where he's in the fucking locker room with all the, you know, the jobbers. And I, and I love a lot of those wrestlers. But it's true. I mean, I think Kurt Hawkins definitely knows that. I don't think he, I think he's aware. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're basically the cast of main event. I don't even think it's a WWE superstar still on, so I'm not going to even say that. Maybe it is. I don't know. All right, so we're going to get Alicia Fox, who got in a huge argument with lots of alcohol in her system, against um, um, Ronda Rousey's husband. Uh, I think before WrestleMania application, it was, of course, cell phone, you know, recorded. Alicia was up in his face, blah, 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 blah. Now she's going to have a match with Ronda Rousey and Ronda Rousey's first televised match. So uh, that should be interesting. I'm sure everything's going to be professional. You know, there's nothing weird about that. I really do like Alicia Fox as a performer. She's a good wrestler. She's a good in-ring hand. Not bad. Uh, Ronda Rousey just really, she gets me with her selling ability. It's pretty damn incredible. Pretty damn spot on, if you think about it. It's just, um, you know, she, she made it look like Alicia actually, like, knocked her from the back uh, at that one point and got Took a van, or got ahead of her um, within the fight between two of them, Cation, if you will. But yeah, that should be interesting. Now the question is, do we think that Ronda is going to win the title at SummerSlam and then have that until Evolution, the, the all women's pay per view, or is it going to go all the way until that pay per view where Ronda picks up the belt? I don't know if they're going to be the full horse woman. First, the full horsewoman. Ronda can't have the belt. Neither can Shanna Baszler. So I don't, I don't, I don't really see that happening. So yeah, I think Ronda's going to get the belt, and she's going to go and have a great match at Evolution. I think it's about time, and I want to see her in the ring. I, I, I'm pretty sure she wants to get in the ring. WWE kind of wants. I'm working with her, getting her better at her craft before they just let her loose, which is fine. Uh, I don't really care about Jinder Mahal and Braun Strowman. I mean, stupid. Uh, Ron was so over a year ago. Like, he still is. But, and th- th- the thing is, I mean, they could have had Kevin steal the briefcase, so Braun had a reason not to try to cash in later on when Brock Lesnar came out to the ring. That was a big, like, huh, head-scratcher throughout the ending of this. Just, why isn't Braun trying something? So maybe they'll have some video later on that, you know, they'll find out people think that's stupid and they'll go make some scenario and fix it. I don't know. Um, uh, definitely would think that the match to watch, I mean, the stuff to take away from Raw was the awesome match with Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, which ended kind of shitty. Uh, Dolph got involved, but, you know, he was going to win, or, or Seth was going to win the match, so got to be out for his friend. Um, that and all the stuff with Brock Lesnar was definitely the things to watch. Revival defeated Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. What the fuck are they doing with Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt? 
Split them off and put them in a feud again. I don't even know. That division's so just minuscule on Raw. It's ridiculous. And uh, I hope the Revival gets the damn title from the B team and they start having some matches with, uh, what the hell is her name? The, the Authors of Pain. Just because I know that they can work together really well. And if you kind of have them in a program together, similar to the Usos, the New Day, or the Hardys and, and the Bar, like, They'll produce great matches, and that's what, really what we need at this point, especially for a tag division that might get, uh, apparently, Jason Jordan. There's rumors that Jason Jordan might be getting back with, uh, God dang it, what is his name? Chad Gable. So we might see American Alpha return. Throw them in there. I don't think that the, the leader of Worlds is going to be around much longer. But if you have those tag, we, we can revitalize this tag division. SmackDown's pretty incredible compared to it. They have a lot of great teams. But, uh, yeah, and I don't give a shit about Bailey and Sasha with their matching gear. They had a really great opportunity to make these chicks, you know, I shouldn't say chicks, but make these women wrestlers just have an amazing feud that they were able to have on NXT and take that and put it into WWE. Although, then again, Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles, New Japan, one match compared to the four or five that they had in WWE. Same thing could be said, I don't know, NXT is their own product, so I would hope not. But then again, you have no idea, and I've already gone pretty much at length about all the Brock Lesnar stuff. Um, Brock Lesnar, bad guy. Roman Reigns, good guy. All right. Apologize, guys, I've got to drink a little bit of water here and there. Can't tell my voice is a little bit raspy right now. I think it's a rain. So we had a great opening of SmackDown with Becky Lynch. Um, and she confronted Carmella. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Becky Lynch came out there, basically. Started talking to Renee Young. Started cutting a promo. We found out Becky hasn't even been in the title scene since WrestleMania 32, I think she said. She was the first women's champion, and that's the last time she's had the belt. God, I really want Becky Lynch to end up winning this. Um, Q, of course, Carmella comes out and doesn't really confront her. She pulls the whole, like, you know, I'm the nice Carmella, and I appreciate you, and it's all a swerve, it's all a swerve. She didn't catch me, by the way. She caught any of you marks out there, that's your fault. I knew she was pulling something. Ellsworth music hits when they're about to shake hands. You know, of course, Becky's attention's the other way, and then she gets clocked by Carmella. And then... The returning, you know, four horsewoman leader herself, probably, arguably, I would say, one of the top five greatest female wrestlers in the world, one of the greatest wrestlers, period. Charlotte Flair hits the ring to save her friend. Paige goes in the back. She starts scolding Carmella afterwards. And basically, Carmella tries to make a comment about the fact that Paige can't compete anymore. Bad idea. That was stupid. Charlotte's going to have a match with her at the end of the night. If Charlotte beats Carmella, then she will be added to the match. So Carmella is such a shitty fucking champion. <laughs> and I, I really do like Carmella's character work. But after watching Lana on the same night and knowing that she's gotten more advanced in wrestling than Carmella has, in my opinion at least, it's kind of like a, another head-scratcher, you know? It's a little head-scratcher. Um, but yeah. So Carmella 
is now going to lose second time because you guys watched the end of it against Charlotte. I still think Becky's going to win the thing. I really do. All right, we had some more tension. We had a match between the Bar and the Usos, a really good match. It's probably one of the other great matches from this week with WWE. I would say if you want to check out individual matches, like I said, from this last week, from the last episode that we had last Wednesday, Tomas Ciampa against Aleister Black for the belt. That would probably be number one. Hiroshi Goto versus Tomohiro Ishii on um, the G1 tournament. I don't remember which night. I want to say it's five, but I'm not 100% sure. And then I would say the Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre match, pretty fun match. This is another one for sure. And uh, the part to feed the Usos. At, during it, the New Day came out because they're the other ones who won. I, I believe they beat the uh, Either way, it doesn't really matter. But um, we're going to have the bar go against the New Day. And whoever wins that will be going against, and it's going to be the bar, I feel. That's the new tag team. We haven't seen it. So the bar will probably be going against the Bludgeon Brothers for titles. Give it to the bar. Get the Bludgeon Brothers to do something with them. Get Luke Harper back and do a solo career, man. He's so awesome. Well, you know, Eric Rowan's not bad either, but it just – there's two things. Either work on Luke Harper as an individual wrestler and put time into him. You can literally build this guy to be your next undertaker if you wanted to in a way that's not going to come off like it's a ripoff and it's not too weird like Bray Wyatt where it's very different but kind of similar. Like he's just a dominating presence. I mean, fucking his name is Brody Lee. He was, he's Bruiser Brody, Undertaker, Mick Foley, kind of like N1. You could just do so much more than what you're giving him. Or put the Wyatt family back together. I would, you know, and have a video, Christ sakes. Do like the Hardy compound shit. But have it where you're sacrificing Matt Hardy with the Wyatts at his own place. Like, come on, put some detail into that. Should be interesting either way. I think the bars would be our champions and SmackDown's title picture for the tag team, even though Vince doesn't give a fuck about tag teams, hell of a lot more substantial on SmackDown, I would say. Mojo came and cut a very, very dark, dark promo against AJ Styles. Wow. Like Joe took it a little bit far. It was awesome actually. We all know it's in good fun and everything's pretty much reworked. Either it was Joe's idea or the writer's idea. They went to AJ and made sure it was okay. They're trying to build heat on Samoa Joe. And it's very easy for Samoa Joe to create heat, but people still like him. So very much what he had to do is similar to what Randy did in the next segment. Did AJ. He loves that he put – he's made the WWE title top title in the WWE. He says that he enjoyed the comment that he made to his daughter about evolution – but then he said, but let's get things straight. He acknowledged that they've met up before. Everyone knows about their worst TNA, I would hope, at this point. Um, but, yeah, and uh, it seems like he's really going for the jugular with comments about, you're never there, you're never home for your family. Wrestling is your life. Quit acting like you're such a good family man, which all might be bullshit. I'm sure it is. Your baby face champion, and he's going to be ferocious. I'm sure he's going to say something like, oh, my, hey, I'm H. Stout. I'm Gainesville, Georgia. Sorry, my, my raspiness in my voice is kind of screwing up my accent thing, but, you know, he'll be mad about the fact that maybe he was out. Maybe he had to do another event. Samoa Joe took it upon himself to talk with a bunch of shit. 
loves to know Joe with his delivery for his promos. I think he takes the promos themselves that they give him, says, hey, I'm going to do this, this, and this, changes up to his words, and then does them. I think that he's one of the most gifted wrestlers all around on the roster, and I hope, honestly, I love AJ Styles. If he can keep the belt and keep on going with it, Smojo would be a great person to take it off of him and do something completely different. Jeff Hardy came out. He was calling out Randy Orton. He was pissed. He went from being the intelligent, you know, Jeff Hardy talking about, uh, you know, his brain and blah, 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 and his receivers and stuff like that. God, I sounded so simplistic just now. Um, to, you know, saying, Yo, Randy Orton, get your ass out here. You know, he's pissed. Randy came out there, um, and it was all an abrupt. Um, I don't I don't know what they're kind of trying to go for. Like, if him and Shinsuke are in cahoots, if they're going to make out at some point, and I don't really know. You know, they uh, Shinsuke attacked him from behind, low blow, and then was about to get into Kinshasa, and um, Randy got in the way and, you know, got in his face. I thought they were about to fight, and then let him do it, and then basically kind of like, I guess, warned him and then got in his face again, and Shinsuke did that weird thing where he goes and, you know, kind of Michael Jackson some way out of the ring without going, Yee-hee! I don't know. Um, so then he's gone, and then Randy proceeds to beat the shit out of Jeff Hardy. Um, at one point, he gives him the DDT from the ropes. He uh, tries to get everyone into the RKO and just doesn't give the audience it. Basically, they're not worthy. They're not worthy. They're not worthy. And, um, yeah, it's, that, that was it. He did it again to the floor, and then he took, took uh, Jeff Hardy, slammed him on the announce table, started choking him, beating the shit out of him, berating him with punches, scrubbing his soul, if you will, with his makeup off his face. Um, and it was a pretty, pretty crazy visual. People started turning on, on Randy Orton, and just like Samoa Joe, just like you know a little bit of Carmella, you know, just like Brock Lesnar, there was character development made on SmackDown. This feud's going to get hotter, and I wonder if it's going to be a three-way at SmackDown. It hasn't been confirmed, but I can see that happening. I don't know. All right, then we had more uh, drama for the Rusev Day Bunch. Selena Vega and Lana had a match. I was pretty impressed with Vega, I think, is already a pretty good female wrestler. I've seen some work from her. Lana's getting better. She definitely is. Uh, you know, Long story short, Aiden English came to try to help Lana. She ended up causing her the match. Um, because Andretti, Andretti uh, was about to get involved with it himself, English ran out there, confused Lana. She gets the roll-up. Selena Vega wins. You know, afterwards, Aiden English is getting trashed uh, from, from, from uh, Lana. He tries to explain to her that he was trying to help. And then Rusev says, if I was there, you know, this would never have happened, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what they're doing with Rusev Day. I don't know if I exactly like it or understand it. I think I have a lot of potential to do something awesome with this whole entire thing. But whatever, if you're turning a Rusev baby, kind of needs aid in English. It really does. I hope this is all resolved. They just don't stop this. I don't know. All right, Daniel Bryan came out to the ring and uh, started talking a lot of trash about the Miz. By the way, Ms. and Mrs., I've seen both episodes. I hate reality television, but i got to say it's very, very charming and entertaining. So, big props to the Miz. Miz 
proves why he's one of the greatest heels. They start bombarding each other when he comes up on a Titantron, obviously backstage, but away from where they are. And um, just going back, Miz calls, uh, or Daniel Bryan calls the Miz a coward. Daniel Bryan, um, you know, just goes back and forth with them. The Miz so this goes all the way back to tough enough when I trained you. You've always been working in my shadow. You know, you're a bad wrestler from Brian. That same song and dance. But great job with the guys of, of both being awesome, of, of the intensity. I know that Daniel Bryan, you can tell when he's writing or reading something way more scripted. But he's so good at delivery. And The Miz is good. He's one of the best promos in the business, period. Sorry. So people don't even hold a candle. His acting is actually pretty damn good. Um, he made it really look like he spilled a cake with his dad on the second episode. Just kidding. Anyways, but Dana Bryan Miz. Dana Bryan offered a match. I think the Miz basically turned it down. We're going to get Miz and Dana Bryan at SummerSlam. It's going to be awesome. The card for SummerSlam is looking really impressive. Then again, so did WrestleMania. So there you go. And we already talked about it. Charlotte defeated Carmella. And uh, it will now be a three-way throughout the match. While it was going on, you saw Becky Lynch watching from a monitor. Renee Young interviewed her right beforehand, and she admitted that she was kind of rooting against Charlotte winning because, I mean, that, that takes away her chances. So Charlotte won. It will now be a three-way at, at SummerSlam for the title. Still think it's going to go on Becky. But this is going to make the match much more interesting, I think. And if it goes on Charlotte, I have no problem. I'll have a big problem if it stays on Camilla. If she's done, she did a great job. She can get the title back again, but let's get it on someone else. Anyways, guys, that was my episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Kind of shorter one. Uh, lost my voice on the way, but, you know, happens. I think the sexy raspiness is really going to add to my uh, career of being a uh, Stevie Nicks impersonator. So after this, I'm going to go do my gig um, down the street of an all-acoustic set for, um, whatchamacallit, um, Hollywood Mac. Screw up the ending. That's all right. Either way. I hope you guys had a lovely time listening to us. And um, thank you guys so much for everything, listening every week. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, of course, at 7 o'clock, this time with Chris. Uh, we'll probably be going, rocking like we usually do until 9. So then I can watch uh, NXT. And, uh, you know, until then, thank you. We also have Full Court Press, which I, I don't remember exactly, formal person. But it's definitely tomorrow night, so you definitely should check that out. Nick, Luke, Joel, Juwan, they do awesome stuff here in the basketball. Top 10 show, Saturday night. Uh, definitely check that out with Leo and Juwan. They go top 10 on something, comic book, conflict, movie related. And then we, of course, have our main show every Sunday night. Um, I think it's at 8 this next week. I'm not 100% sure, but all the movie news that's happened from the previous week, we'll be going over it. Definitely check out our new website, GV Nation. Dot com. When it comes to news, you know, look look towards us. Geek Vibes Nation has it all. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything that you could possibly need. I think we even have a a, a Frackle account. Social media? I don't even know anymore. What they have, we have it. You can find us on Blog Talk, Stitcher, um, and also iTunes. So yeah, definitely check us out if you're new. Thank you for listening. Uh, I usually have a co-host, but he'll be back next week. We'll talk some more stuff about wrestling at a different time. But uh, I think that's all I got. So I guess I'll just leave it to this. And that's the bottom line. Just don't go, go, go.
But the Geek Vibes be with you. Peace.